Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Welcome back to Live Mike. I want to give you a quick update to a story we touched on earlier in the program. In just a moment, we'll be speaking uh, with Scott Howell. Uh, We're going to be talking about uh, Joe Biden, Bernie Sanders, and a few other things. Uh, But before we get to that, I want to share with you, uh, there's been a statement released by the governor, Governor Gary Herbert, along with the lieutenant governor, uh, responding to the church's decision uh, to hold its April session of general conference remotely uh, to limit mass gatherings and also change its approach to uh, training taking place in the Missionary Training Center in Provo, Utah, as well as Preston, England. The statement reads, We appreciate the prudent steps taken by senior leadership of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints to help mitigate the spread of novel coronavirus. The Utah COVID-19 Community Task Force encourages all organizations in the state of Utah to consider adapting their normal operations to help slow the spread of coronavirus in their spheres. These adaptations will vary greatly depending on the scale and scope of events and daily operations. The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints has made wise decisions that will help minimize exposure to the virus while simultaneously allowing church members to participate in meetings that are important to their worship. That, again, the statement coming from the offices of Governor Gary Herbert and Lieutenant Governor uh, Spencer Cox, who, as you know, is heading up that task force referenced in the quote, the Utah COVID-19 Community Task Force. So the, the, the plea there by the governor and the lieutenant governor is that uh, various folks in charge uh, around the state might be uh, best suited to take or or best uh, prompted to take a look at their operations and see if there are any uh, adjustments that can be made uh, to help mitigate the spread of this virus uh, following the example of the church and other uh, organizations. Anyway, uh, on to it. Uh, Scott Howell, sir, I'm grateful to you for joining me. Uh, You're the best on this type of stuff. I always uh, look forward to whenever there are developments uh, on the Democrat side right now, I know that it's going to give me an opportunity to talk to you, get some of your insight uh, and some of your wisdom on these issues. So I'm grateful to you uh, for joining me here the morning after, what do we call it, Big Tuesday? Big Tuesday, absolutely. It was a huge victory for Joe, he racked up four more wins on Tuesday night, um, further growing into that delegate lead over Bernie Sanders. And it, it was amazing to see that all happen. And it was interesting to hear you and Boyd talk about uh, being prepared. Yeah. Joe was not prepared for that type of victory. Really, he wasn't. The game plan was if we could get half of that, then that would keep, keep the momentum of where we were going. And it's just amazing to me what's been happening. As you know, I'm a big data guy working for IBM for 34 years, and I just love to go back and look at the stats. And what, where we are right now, uh, when you look at Mississippi, Missouri, they were both uh, over 50% that voted for uh, Biden. Uh, North Dakota came in at about 40% for him. And um, Bernie did win that at 53, but, but Michigan at 52 uh, Idaho is still in the play at 48 percent. They have finished. And then Washington right now, it's 32.5 for each of them. So <clears throat> that's going to be an interesting thing. And <clears throat> right now, Lee, what's happening is the demographics of how Joe won that 
excuse me, contest sure. in Michigan. He he really went out and appealed to the the demographics that we've said all the way along that are the voters, and that if you want to be President Trump, you've got to have these. And and you and Boyd talked about that earlier, and I'll sustain exactly what you guys said is you've got to appeal to those middle the the um, the central states, Michigan, all of that Midwest, and you got to be able to do that. And for uh, Biden, this was a, a night that really came through on who he was and, and what he stands for and where he appeals to those people. So it was a, a tremendous victory. <clears throat> Excuse me. Sure. L- let me to- go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to ask you a question. It's kind of one of those hot take type things, and it's my assertion that there is a fundamental dishonesty in the continuation of the Biden campaign. If his assertion is that he would like to see President Donald Trump defeated in November, uh, is he best suited to do that at this stage while the momentum seems to be behind Joe Biden? By continuing his participation in this race as a competitor to Joe Biden, is there fundamental dishonesty in his assertion that he would like to defeat Donald Trump? participating, uh, as he has stated, in this Sunday's upcoming debate uh, and going on through uh, to the convention? That's a great question, Lee, and I, it's one that I appreciate. Um, I don't think there is. I think he really believes in his mission, and I think he's got a base out there. And when you look at the data of those who where he won and where he got most of his, his uh, support, it came between that young voter. And they, they were, they rally, they go to the events. You think about here in Utah, the first time he came, I think he had a, close to 5,000 people this last time, 2,500. And so there's a, a really, really committed group of people. But Lee, there's one problem. They don't vote. Right. And I noticed this in my campaign against Orrin Hatch. We would go to the different campuses and we'd have uh, uh, hundreds. And, and even one, we had almost a thousand people there. And at the end of the day, we're, we're trying to do some analysis, and they just didn't vote. And, you know, you, you go to BYU, and you think, gosh, all these kids, they're probably registered to vote. I'm telling you, they're focusing on the next day, getting through the school day, so on and so forth. So that's always been a misnomer of how we get those kids activated and caring enough to go in and vote. And that's been one of the biggest challenges that I've seen. Uh, with uh, also Latinos trying to get them activated to go out and vote uh, for the issues they really care. And when you look at the demographics on, on this, that group of individuals just didn't show up. They didn't show up for Bernie. They came out to the rally and everything, but they just didn't vote. Yeah. Uh, Scott Howell, listen, I uh, apologize. We have run out of time, but there is another issue uh, I'd like to speak to you about. And maybe you and uh, Producer Amy can coordinate another time for you and I to discuss uh, what has been a focus of yours, this technology and technology being applied to the classroom and technology aiding in uh, these efforts to combat the coronavirus. We've heard that there have some there have been some changes to the Provo Utah Missionary Training Center as well as uh, over in Preston, England. They will be doing some remote learning. Uh, using the computers, taking advantage of technology uh, to, in this instance, uh, safeguard us against the coronavirus. I, I know you have strong feelings on that, and you have some attitudes you'd like yeah. to share. Uh, our, our time's expired, but let's get together again sure. soon and have that conversation, all right? Look, look forward to it, Lee. 61, 
We'll make it on 64. How's that? That's the way. Broadcast. All right, man. Thank you very much for your time. Thank you, uh, sir. That's Scott Howell, expert on all things Democrat and otherwise. Uh, Next up, we're going to be talking uh, about some of the reactions to this coronavirus by uh, larger institutions. The big news in Utah today is that the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints has made some changes. Uh, Well, they're not the only ones taking action. I'll share with you some more details on this and how it impacts you and the world next here on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio.